today's episode of the gold cast is sponsored by the frustration and feeling like the giants opening series is symbolic of the rest of the season would you say that's possible ray it's very possible and it's kind of always been their personality (laughs) during the regular season but i don't know we'll see yep agreed we'll see now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know where they can find us? You can like us on Facebook.com at the gold, Facebook.com slash the goldcast. You can also go follow us on Twitter at the goldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at the goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same name of the goldcast. Like, subscribe, leave comments so we can hear your pretty. Or see your pretty text and reply. See, so we can see your pretty... Because we don't like those ugly texts, but we like the pretty ones. Yeah, send the pretty texts. Don't send the ugly texts. <laughs> that shit ain't cool. All right. That shit ain't cool at all. It was a slow news week for um, San Francisco sports here. But either way, we have things that we want to talk about, particularly these Odell Beckham Jr. trades. Remember when he was ODB? Now he's OBJ. When did when did when did he become OBJ? I, he's been ODB forever, and then out of nowhere, he's like, "Well, I call myself OBJ, so now everyone's called OBJ." In my mind, he'll always be OBD, uh, ODB, o- OBD, ODB. He'll always be. Well, OBD he is Odell mind. Beckham Jr. So, I mean, that's where the J is coming from. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't know. When people want to change course nickname midway through the season, or I mean midway through careers, when they decide that they're this or the that, I don't know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it, don't. it doesn't. But either way, we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to get into some Warriors and Giants. Uh, but first, Goldcast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! Boom, 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 boom. All right, Raymond, so uh, ODB is saying that he might get traded to, uh, they were saying he might get traded to the 49ers, but the price is kind of steep to... Two first-round draft picks is what the Giants are looking for. Now, here's the question, and this is the same question I'm posing to the Gold Cast Nation right now. Get your hot fingers ready. John, nine or eight, I better hear you on this YouTube comment right away. Uh, Do we want a guy that's that much of a diva on our team? Do you think that his talent is so transcendental that when you pair him with a guy like Jimmy G., it's instant, just offensive fireworks. Or do you think that with, when you get a guy like that, like the Rams have stocked up every single guy. I'm, I can't wait for uh, when uh, Sue punches Aqib Tlaib in the face in the locker room, and then Aqib Tlaib jumps on his neck and strangles him. I can't wait for that fist fight. I can't wait for all that footage to get to go down. So, do you think that is the talent of this particular wide receiver? Is it worth? The character risks, the character issues. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. It's um, I think he would 
temper down in the Niners locker room because it's just not that type of locker room. At the same time, I think if he were to like remain with the Niners, that he would slowly progress into his typical diva self. But I think the first year he would be he would be tempered a bit just because he's in a new environment. It's a completely different philosophy. There's a there's a different atmosphere, obviously, in the Niners locker room. Kyle Shanahan is not his previous two coaches. John Lynch is not like his previous GM. So he would, you know, have to play straight at least for the first year. But if he were to go out and catch 300 yards and 13 touchdowns, then I think he would slowly kind of fall back into what he's used to because it's, that's just kind of who he's been his entire career. You know, he's, he's, he's like Chad Johnson. He's like Randy Moss. He's like all these other character receivers. He's like a Terrell Owens, you know, all the good receivers in the NFL for some reason, ever since Terrell Owens are now like Terrell Owens for some reason, like this is the form, the formulaic personality that has to come with every really good wide receiver. There's like rare exceptions. The rare exceptions like the rare exceptions aren't even that like they're good, but they're not like great level. Like Antonio Brown, like Antonio Brown is kind of the same, the same boat. Antonio Brown's in the same boat. Odell Beckham's in the same boat. Um, Rob Gronkowski is in the same boat and he's a tight end. Um, but Chad, even going back, you know, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Chad Johnson, who became Ocho Cinco and then reverted back to Chad Johnson. Ridiculous. So is it worth it? I mean, considering what he puts up in terms of numbers, sure, it's, uh, it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth it right now. I don't think we're in a position to give up two first picks right now because we need those two first picks to build up a team that's going to last and compete for a long time versus trying to do with the Rams. What the Rams are trying to do is they're trying to win now. And they're trying to, and they're gonna. It's gonna cost them the future in order to do that. That's what. That's the game the Rams are playing, and they're not even being shy about it. They're like, we don't care. We're gonna, we're gonna buy, we're gonna rent these players out for a year to try to make a run at the Super Bowl because clearly our defense couldn't even carry us through one round of the playoffs. So we're gonna fix that, and then see if we can go in there and win it all, and then you know figure out what we're gonna do with the players afterwards, which I don't think is much. You know, you're you got one year rentals, and they don't have the capital space to pay these guys long term. That's true. You're absolutely right. And why is it that wide receivers now? It's like they all behave like Deion Sanders. They're all they're all like they're like the but the, the you're you're right. Like every one of these guys, like you said, I mean, maybe Terrell Owens is probably a, a better example because Dion also fell in line and you know his his training his level of training was is as renowned as his actual talent on the on the field as well even though he also was uh enjoyed the partying a little bit and enjoyed the bottle quite a bit yeah but that was he backed it up that part of his career was as explained in his documentary i think his football life thing or i think there was even a separate one before that by nfl films where he said that he was like depressed and didn't even particularly enjoy the Super Bowl wins that he had with Dallas and he was suicidal during that period in his life. And I think, you know, I think his his most his most precious Super Bowl, I believe he said was with the Niners because it was his first. It was also statistically one of his best, if not his best season as a cornerback. But I mean again, the Niners are not a Cowboys type of team where they go out, they party and they get crazy, you know. That's not how they run. Joe Montana will take you guys all out. will take his offensive line out to dinner. That's how that worked. True. True. Very true. So let me ask you a question. If, 
let's say the Giants, let's say, I don't know, they're, 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 they're really doesn't seem like they can come to a contract. It becomes obvious that uh, Mr. ODB slash OBJ slash peanut butter jelly, he doesn't want, he's not going to be able to come to terms with a contract, is not going to be showing up to, uh, to training camp this year for the Giants. The Giants said they do want to trade him and they're willing to come in at a reasonable price that the 49ers are also willing to match. Would you want him here? How would you feel about that? For the right price, playing I, out. I know half Gold Cast Nation is going to say yes. Half the Gold Cast Nation is going to be like, "Oh, of course, yes, we got to get him." What do you think? He's a good player. I mean, who wouldn't want him? He's one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. If if you're not picking up someone like him, you know, the only one that com- that comes close to him who I think is better is Antonio Brown, and that's who I would want. He's slightly less diva, but not by much. Um, <laughs> but um, if I had if I had to choose between the two, I'd obviously pick Antonio Brown any day because I just think he's a, a slightly less of a headache than Odell Beckham Jr. And the problem is Odell Beckham Jr. had just hasn't gotten his big contract yet. You know, he dominated the first three years he was in the NFL, and then he had a serious injury that he's coming off of this last year, and so now it's not as easy as a trigger pull as as you know he was hoping. You know, and that's just kind of that just comes with the territory. You, no matter how good you are, you come off a serious injury like that. No one's necessarily going to be lining up to give you a big contract. I mean, at the same time, to be fair, he's still young, so I don't I don't think this injury is really going to impact him all that much. I just think he's going to have maybe a slow start in the early half of the season, then he'll pick up where he left off. I hope so. It remains to be seen. Um, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I agree that he is. Uh, a very transcendental talent. I agree with that. I I do. I am concerned about his character issues. I'm not entirely 100% sure if his kind of me, me, me vibe meshes with the current culture of the 49ers. And if people don't think that that stuff has an effect, uh, I, I beg you to look at Seahawks Seattle. And after that one Super Bowl win, got granted, it got them a win. We also got to the Super Bowl this, this decade as well. But it got them there, and after they lost, they were a mess. They were they were a mess the entire duration afterwards, and the constant, constant on the field fighting, constant off the field fighting. I think a lot of that chemistry is why we didn't see them get back again after that two year dominance. I mean, there was obviously a couple major mistakes. I think the second you traded your center for Jimmy Graham, you you shot they Pete Carroll shot them in the foot, and I was really happy when that trade happened. That's neither here nor there, but. I just think that sometimes locker room chemistry, it means a lot more than people realize. And I think sometimes it's something we take for granted. I think the I'm kind of really curious to see how this Los Angeles experiment's gonna go and whether or not, you know, maybe they're not even around each other long enough for it to mean anything. Maybe if they were around each other for two or three years, it would really mean something. And maybe just because they're there for now, what, uh, just a season, maybe it's not gonna mean anything. But I still think that really, that stuff really means something. And I'm not 100% entirely confident that bringing OBJ here would be the greatest for us. But what say you, Goldcast Nation? I already know half of you are going to message us and say, yes, you're crazy. We should get OBJ. So plus, we'll see. Plus that news, that news came from Jason Lockenfora. Uh, and, you know, according to David Fasilo over at Niners Nation, you know, he's not the greatest source of breaking stories 
you know, a lot of swinging and missing, according to the the, the article that he had put up after um, Jason Lockenfora put up the. Well, Jason Lockenfora put up a whole article listing all the t- 32 teams and what they would have to do to get Odell Beckham Jr. And then, according to the Niners, you know they have they have real quote real interest in Odell Beckham, and they're just monitoring it. In other words, they're doing exactly what every other team is doing who has interest in a wide receiver like that, and that's just looking at how things are going to pan out from here or not. And then, if anything does, they'll make a call, you know, maybe make an offer. And if he says no, he says no. You never hear about the. Offer offers that never make it that's the, that's the, the thing so whoever wins that's that's the that's what it would t- that's what it's going to take to get him but um as far as as far as the news is concerned i would take it with a grain of salt i wouldn't get too i agree i i honestly don't even think it's going to happen um but i think it was worth talking about in particular because i think there's been a lot of discussion around the league about character issues and players with character issues in particular looking at the rams and all the rams the players the rams have get and all of a sudden you got the sermon about the niners picking up a player who's kind of a similar equivalent in terms of not as bad not as bad but definitely a very 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 successful player that has some character issues that has known character issues and i think that there i just think there was something to be said about that because the rams are doing it and then it looked like maybe maybe the Niners were going to kind of step into that pool with uh, ODB. And so, yeah, I think it's interesting. It was It's interesting. It was worth a conversation. And I can't wait for that first uh, locker room brawl with the Rams. It'll be great. I can't wait to see the, the, the iPhone video of it. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Oh, man. Warriors, what are you doing to me? Uh, luckily, we get three of the big four back and the Warriors bounce back and win both their games this season, albeit maybe not against the most strongest of opponents. But nonetheless, they did win. How do you feel? Does it does it make you feel a little better? We win the first round, right? I feel like we have this conversation every other week now about the Warriors because they're just up and down, up and down. But I feel like having the big three back... Remember when KD went down? Remember KD goes down last year and everyone was thinking, oh man, oh, I don't know about this run. And then the Warriors go on a huge run. Now it's the inverse. Now Steph Curry's, Steph Curry's down and now the Warriors have to learn to play and for the offense to go through what, KD? I guess while Steph's gone? I mean, how exactly how exactly do they put themselves in a position ready to win and get themselves in a place where maybe having not, having him not here isn't that big of a deal? I don't know. It's... Uh... The problem is they need to get healthy within like the next week and Steph Curry's not going to be healthy because this is exactly what happened the year that they lost the championship during their immaculate run, see uh, immaculate season run. And I think this time you don't want to rush Curry, you know, as the standings are currently shaping up, we're slated to play the Minnesota Timberwolves who I think we will beat we can beat without Curry. So even though we're the number two seed, they won. Um, this is a team that actually plays us very well in the regular season. They, uh, we beat them on November. We beat them on January. They beat us in March uh, last month, but that was it. So we won the regular season series. So I believe, I believe we 
we have home field in that matchup, if I'm not mistaken. But that's who we play first. And I think you you don't force Curry to come back against Minnesota. You get that out. Get that out right out of the way. Because next, we'll probably go up against either San Antonio or Oklahoma or Portland and Utah. I'm not sure how that works. I think it'd be um, the winner of the uh, San Antonio-Oklahoma series. We play the winner of that. And then Portland or Utah goes over to Houston, assuming they beat New Orleans. I think... I think you basically, kind of as we were saying before, um, to answer my own question, I just wanted to hear what you had to say too. I think obviously the offense has a run through KD. I don't think that's something he's incapable of. He's done it many times. I agree. I think while that is a, it's a good matchup for us, pretty sure we get through that first round. Now that is a great question that you posed. Do we have to keep, how long do we keep Curry out? And can we not rush him so that his health he comes back full throttle, and can we not? Can we keep him long enough on off the court that we feel like we don't need him? Like for instance, is it possible that we wait till the Western Conference Finals? I mean, do you think I'm Spurs? Where the way the Spurs have been playing, the way uh, OKC right is interesting. OKC has been playing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super confident that either of those teams are really that huge of a matchup problem for us in a seven game series. They're not, they're not. I, I don't know. It depends on his health. If he's ready to go, you know, I would probably want him to come back in the middle of the second round. And if he's not ready, then I would definitely want him for the Western conference finals, because that's most likely looks like it's going to be Houston this year. It looks like, they're poised to make a deeper run than they've made with their current lineup. So I would expect them to be there. And I would, you definitely want Curry in that mix against them because uh, the, the way they're playing right now and the way that the Warriors are stumbling into this whole tournament, that's the last team that you really want to play when you're missing, you know, your best piece. Or, you know, or one of your best pieces. I mean, I still feel pretty confident when Kevin Durant's in there because he has the ability to take over a game, I think, even slightly better than Curry does. He's been playing longer than Curry, so I trust him a little bit more. That's not to say that we don't need Curry. We definitely need Curry. And in that kind of series, I would definitely want Curry to be back. So that's what I would do. I would play it safe for the first two rounds, you know, and... If if they're not feeling confident about his health, then just wait it out to the Western Conference Finals, assuming that they're going to get there. I don't think they're going to have any tr- too much trouble against San Antonio nor Oklahoma City. You know, assuming those are the teams that they'll play in the second round. And we've had the Blazers. The Blazers, you know, have one of the best backcourts in the NBA. But the what's one of their one of their worst one of their best traits is also one of their worst traits. You know, they have one of the best backcourts, but unfortunately uh, the best part of their team is just that backcourt. They don't have anything else to throw at anybody. So if you take, you take those two shooters out of the equation, the Blazers aren't much of a challenge. So I'm not worried about Utah, Portland, San Antonio, or Oklahoma city, but I am concerned about Houston at this point because they're coming into this full throttle health, healthy, 
and we are coming into this injured, you know, we've had all of our all-stars injured this year. So that's, that's an area of concern. That's pretty concerning at this point. If we do win it, if we win it on this, with all hobbled up and we put it together in the posts, that's the stuff of Dynasty, son. You need the three. Dynasty will be complete. Yep, you need three. 100%. Remember, we talked about the Miami Heat already with the two. No one cares. You need three. You need three. All right, Raymond, moving on, and then we'll wrap it up here. Those pesky Giants. They've scored two runs in four games. They win two games. Panic gets the wonderful record of being the first player with back-to-back homers to win opening day and game two in both games at 1-0. You know, back-to-back winning homers in a game where the final score is 1-0. Panic does that. Awesome. And then we just get destroyed. Destroyed. We're talking... Talking, uh, what what are we talking? It was fourteen runs in in two games. Nine runs today, five runs yesterday. It's gonna be a long season. I know it's early. I know it's early. We've got literally uh, over a hundred and fifty-five games. What's the exact number? A hundred and fifty-eight games left. Four games down. 158 to go. <laughs> I know it's so much baseball left, but oh man, what a I, I what, a, what a way Jackson, to start the season. I think Samuel Jackson said it best in Jurassic Park when he says, "Hold on to your butts." That's exactly what the season's going to be like. <laughs> yeah, 100, 100%. Brew to all. Oh. Brutal, but um, yeah, yeah. I was actually really excited. I got the free MLB package from T-Mobile. T-Mobile was offering a free MLB TV package, and being that I live down here in sunny Los Angeles, I was just like, I feel like watching the Giants this year, and so I uh, got the package. The package was for free, pure coincidence. So I got it, and... Pretty excited after those first two games. Not so excited after those second two games. Yeah, the first two were great um, in terms of pitching. In terms of offense, they look they looked like they picked up exactly where they left off last year. And then these last two games look like they the pitching staff picked up exactly where they left off last year. And the offense, the offense was stagnant the entire series. So the offense did exactly what it did all of last year, even with all the new pieces in there. And the defense, as far as pitching is concerned, did exactly what it did last year for the latter two games of that series. The first two games were great. Ty Block was amazing. He shocked me. Cueto was Cueto. But Ty Block came out of nowhere and just pitched a gem. You know, opening day, that's, you know, it's... it's it's one. It's a drop in the bucket in the grand scheme of things uh, of a baseball season. But for him to do that, you know, knowing that he wasn't going to have that before Madison Bumgarner got injured and he got put into that spot. So, you know, 
taking over that spot. It's a big spotlight. It's opening day. It's the first game of the season. Typically that role, that game, the first game of, of every rotational series typically falls on the shoulders of your best pitcher. So for him to st- step in that role and pitch the way he did against a really good team that was just in the World Series, the World the World Series losers, but the World Series nonetheless, that was uh, that was really impressive. He caught me by surprise. So uh, I don't expect him to do that every time because he's just not that type of pitcher. But I do expect him to kind of be up and down. Like he's going to have some games like that, and then he's going to have games where he just gets rocked. I think that's just that's just kind of every pitcher in every game. Not not everybody is a Clayton Kershaw that you know has a one point one plus ERA you know for the last five years. It's hard to do. So, but uh, I'll take it against the Dodgers any day. You're right. Not everyone is a Clayton Kershaw with, you know, a one point ERA during the regular season and just chokes away every single postseason every single time. Some some are more consistent. Some are more consistent postseason, like like a Madison Bumgarner. Yes, who single handedly takes out a team in the Royals. By himself. Yep, and and literally single handedly wins a World Series and, and and the Cubs copied it and they copied it all the way to a World Series for themselves. Yeah, I don't think it's any time to panic, you know. I mean, on the flip side, speaking of panic, he did great things. I've I've never been too impressed with Joe Panic in terms of his bat. His glove has obviously always been pretty solid. He's no Brandon Crawford, but he's solid over there. But for him to single-handedly win two games in a row, that's, that's awesome. So we started off hot and, you know, quickly got reality shoved right back in our face. Hey, guess what? You did not get any pitching during the offseason. You let some of your young guns go who didn't make the team, who obviously weren't pitching well enough to stay on the team. So not only did they have ebbs and flows last year that ended in in more downturns than upturns, but it also fed into the offseason, and some of those guys didn't even end up making the team. So, or in the case of... Uh, someone got released i forget his name um but anyways he got released no big deal but the point is we didn't have anybody to fill in so we're going to have some new faces this year and we'll see if they can carry the load especially since the giants are going with five inning starter now the starting the starters are supposed to go five innings instead of like six and seven because they're trying to preserve arms and lean on the bullpen but i don't know if that's going to work every time it's just i just don't see that see that as a viable option all year long you're gonna have to ha- you're gonna need the pitchers to go deep uh, on a lot of those games so let me ask you this then after the season if it continues to if it continues to be this way do we have to start talking about a possible coaching change i think we can talk about it i don't think that the front office is going is to do anything about it they're going to look at it because right now, to be honest, I think it's a player issue right now. They just don't, they're not picking good talent. You know, they didn't, they didn't get, they didn't get arms this off season. They got, they got bats. They got two older bats too. So these aren't even long-term options for us. These are short-term options because we're trying to get back into the mix. Cause we, the core, the core, the core roster is there. So I think for the most part they're there and they're capable, but you need, young, good arms to carry that defense to not only to the postseason to get you in the tournament, but also take you deep into the tournament because that's what's going to do it. It's not the bat. The time, all you need is one run to win a game, you know, but you need pitching to keep that other team off the board. 
So pitching is what wins championships, not a home run. The home run just looks more glamorous. Yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting season or a very rough season. We'll find out pretty quickly here. Oh, Madison Baumgartner, why'd you get hurt? Anyways, Raymond, before we leave, why don't you let them know? Oh, by the way, I know, by the way, we're actually, you guys aren't going to see it, but we're testing the visual audio today. I wanted to say I really like your Dub City Warrior shirt. I thought that was pretty badass. Thank you. I like your uh, coincidental warrior shirt. That also happens to be the same blue as me, your Wu-Tang warrior shirt. It's awesome. Yeah, so thank we you, are thank testing. You. Thank uh, you. We are testing I know, we didn't right even... Now. We have cameras up. There's a, there's a green screen sitting behind me that you guys won't see, but um, I will verbally tell you that I've got a green screen going up. I have OBS Studios that I'm working on. So we have the software, everything put up today. You know, I'm... Uh, we're just going through troubleshooting and testing right now to make sure that when we do go live with it, that it's a good feed um, so that when we do uh, broad or publish it, that uh, you guys like what you see. Yes, but you will never see the video of this particular episode. <laughs> ah, okay. All right, Raymond, before we leave, why don't you let them know where they can find us? You can, well, you know where you can find us. Because I said it earlier in the episode, but you can find me at twitter.com at racealise. <laughs> yeah, where can they find you? You can also find me on Instagram at racealise one. <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at on Instagram at Rudy Solis third Rudy Solis three RD and Twitter at Rudy. Sol- no wait, Instagram at Rudy Solis three. Twitter <laughs> at Rudy Solis 3RD. Uh, oh, by the way, last thing. When I was in Miami, I, saw, I was in Miami this past week, Goldcast Nation, and I saw Cavaliers at Heat. LeBron James is freaking gigantic. Never seen him with my own eyes. I'm sure plenty of people in the Goldcast Nation that are Warriors fans have seen him. I don't see him too often here in Los Angeles. Baddest, best part, baddest and best part was that D Wade blocked him twice once really early in the game i think somewhere around the first quarter and then again somewhere around the fourth quarter i just loved it that he he blocked him so hard came up from behind nailed him he didn't even know i mean it was he couldn't even react he came like sneaking from behind like a ninja and it was great to see d wade still 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 got a little something left after all these years nice that's awesome that make that makes the whole trip worth yeah it, it was a lot of fun. i would never go willingly see lebron 100 percent but I would go no, see him. Yeah, it was great. Somebody. Right? 100%. So, so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co host, Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Same Goldcast time. Same Goldcast channel. I keep making faces of my brother. All right, and we out. <laughs> This is, this is the Gold Cast.